so crucial and it touches every element and every aspect of of your life but unfortunately i guess because if if you have that skill you really take it for granted And welcome to the Literacy Quebec podcast. Episode number one. Welcome, everyone. Yeah, welcome, everyone. We're excited to be here. Uh, my name's Chris. Um, I work with Literacy Quebec in uh, volunteering and uh, running our podcast and uh, administrator for the upcoming Scotiabank Marathon race that uh, Literacy Quebec are going to be running in for um, raising money for Literacy in Quebec. So I can't wait for that. I've already yeah. been training. Uh, I'm Jamie Cudmore. I, I've been working with Literacy Quebec on some community projects for the last two years. I'm really happy to join Chris to be the host of this first episode. We, as Chris said, we're hoping to release this podcast every two weeks and really get uh, our listeners involved in how we shape the podcast. You bet. And, uh, and where can people find us, Jamie, uh, on in reaching out to us. Well, they can check us out on Facebook, mm-hmm. on Instagram, and on Twitter if you like social media by finding us through our handle Literacy Quebec. Yeah. Uh, you can give us a call amazingly. <laughs> you can. It's 514-508-6805. And you can also send us an email at admin at literacyquebec.org. And uh, we'll be happy to answer your requests, your comments, your questions, your concerns, anything that you want to send us that you want to share. We can uh, definitely work to include that into the podcast. You bet. So, so Jamie, what's the, what's the purpose of this podcast? Why, do we, why have we decided to put this together? We really want to reach out and learn about what's going on in Quebec with English speakers who are working to improve their literacy skills. So we want to share stories, experiences, find out what the impact of some of the services or or maybe some of the challenges that people are, are facing in terms of literacy. You bet. And, and share the journey from both the learner's perspective and the uh, perspective of uh, tutors or mm-hmm. people within the organization. Um, so, um, so we want to create a community-based podcast um, where the learners, volunteers are are actually involved in the podcast as well. So that could be from uh, editing the podcast, which, uh, which we're learning uh, being episode one is a quite a, 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 an ordeal. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, editing, um, doing interviews with, with different um, people within the community, uh, actually being interviewed as well, maybe sharing their, their positive stories around uh, their increasing in, in literacy skills, what that's done mm-hmm. for them in their life. Um, so, uh, so that's that's part of the purpose of what we put this podcast together. Absolutely, and if you know of any upcoming events in your uh, area, we would like to share those events so that other people might be able to join as well. You bet. And can you share with us, Jamie, on this episode, what are we what are we going to be talking about today? On this episode, we're exploring what literacy means, and so we're defining literacy. It's been interesting the last couple of weeks learning what exactly literacy is. It's so much more than reading and writing. We, Chris and I got some uh, time to spend with members and go to some events and it became very clear to me quickly that it's much more than reading and writing. It affects every part of a person's life. Absolutely. So, so this episode one, defining literacy is kind of our theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we've uh, got the exciting interview with Margot Legal, our executive director at Literacy Quebec. That's 
questions, right? We have some uh, submissions from our members about what their definition of literacy is. Yep, and uh, and recently we had a major event at um, Reclaim Literacy in Verdun, mm-hmm. which was uh, called Oodles and Oodles of Noodles. Which was very which true. Was, yeah, a lot of spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, even I think it was a, uh, we had a, a cookie counter as well. We had a mm-hmm. few cookies and uh, some yeah, presents for the There were some prizes for the people who attended. And uh, so we got a chance to talk to Joy from Reclaim and uh, Reverend Brian from the Church of Epiphany, which is where Reclaim works out of in Verdun. Absolutely. So so I guess that's it. We can launch into this podcast. Yeah, and, uh, very excited the... to be here and uh, welcome, yeah. everyone. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for being part of our podcast at Literacy Quebec. Yay! So what's the deal? So with episodes one uh, theme being defining literacy, um, recently we had a meeting at Literacy Quebec headquarters with our members, our 13 members. We were talking about how are we evaluating the services and the impact that we have in the community. It was a great opportunity to reflect. And so we took that moment to ask our members to give us their definition of literacy. Here are the submissions that came. Hi, my name is Michelle Gagnon, and I'm the Executive Director of the Western Quebec Literacy Council. I would define literacy as the ability to understand and engage with the world of information present in your environment in a way that allows you to reach your goals and to live a healthy life. Now, literacy means so much more than just reading and writing. The modern definition of literacy encompasses all the tools necessary for an individual to thrive. These tools include, among others, numeracy, financial literacy, and digital literacy. Hi, I'm Ruth from the South Shore Reading Council. Literacy is life. Words, written and spoken, connect us to each other and our world. Words open our understanding of ourselves, our families, friends, community, country, planet, and our universe. Literacy is life. Thank you. Hi, it's Wendy from the Amaska Literacy Council. Literacy has traditionally been thought of as reading and writing, but it's really so much more than words. There is no one single or agreed-upon definition or single literacy. In fact, we use a variety of literacies to navigate the world. I think that the best way to define literacy is to ask someone who struggles with print how they define it for themselves. I define literacy as a human right. This submission was sent in by Cheryl Henry Legault from the Gaspésie Literacy Council. The basic definition of literacy is being able to read and write, but as we all know, it goes way beyond the simple definition. Living in a rural community, it is so important for our community members to feel connected and being a part of where we live. Community literacy is something very important when living great distances from family, friends, and being connected to cultural awareness through theater and movies in our language. Let us work together so we can get the message passed on and connect people to people. If you have any definitions of literacy you would like to share, please submit to our podcast email, admin at literacyquebec.org. You can send them in by writing or send us a voice note. The next segment is Literacy Lowdown. It is an interview from the Dawson Oral History Project. We have taken segments from that interview with Margot, and she'll be discussing what literacy is, what Literacy Quebec does, and some personal perspectives. My name is Marga Legault. I'm the Executive Director of Literacy Quebec. We're in the English sector, so we offer English services 
to adult learners are having difficulty reading and writing or, you know, people who want to upgrade their skills. There are free services for them that are offered in the community. And so part of my job is to raise awareness about that. All of our organizations are funded through the Ministry of Education. And so I'm kind of the liaison between the two. Um, so if there's any changes to the programs or the, to the funding, the Ministry of Education doesn't want to meet with all these different groups. They want one group to represent uh, the English sector. And so that's that's the bulk of my work at Literacy Quebec. The, the Ministry of Education in Quebec recognizes that there is um, I guess the formal sector, which you would call, you know, the, the educational institutions and that, um, we work in parallel, uh, to them. So the field of literacy and the community organizations that work in literacy are also recognized as doing similar work, but we work in different ways and we reach different clientele. And so someone may have started in the school system and then at some point have gone to a literacy center, um, have been able to upgrade their skills and then potentially have returned to the schooling system. So um, we don't work, some of our members work directly with different school boards, you know, to as referrals and also when, when students need special help or attention. But I find it very interesting that the Ministry of Education in Quebec has recognized that there are to, I guess, not pathways, but that we work in parallel with the school boards and that we do similar work, but it's not the same work and that we don't reach the same people because uh, students have different needs, learners have different needs. As the umbrella organization, um, we have 13 member groups that are scattered across the province, but um, what brings them all together is that they all work in English uh, adult literacy. Um, and so our membership is from the Ontario border, so from Western Quebec all the way to um, Gaspésie. Uh, yeah, and we have uh, some on the island of Montreal, Laval, South Shore, uh, Quebec City, in the eastern townships. So they're very scattered really across the province and um, they have very large territories to cover. And so they really try to um, focus on the areas that have the biggest need within their territory. I think, especially in, in Quebec, that, you know, um, uh, attendance in school is mandatory. I think that people can't fathom any situation where someone who has been through the school system, can't come out being able to read and write. But what I guess most, there are misconceptions when it comes to literacy. And one of the main one is that you're either literate or you're not, you know, there's a whole gray zone in between that. And so when we talk about literacy, we really talk about levels of literacy. And so someone may be able to um, unscramble certain words or, you know, read the words in a text document, but not be able to assimilate the information and comprehend the message behind it. So I think that that is one of the main issues is that people don't really understand that it's not just you cannot read and write or you can, but there are levels and these levels affect every aspect of your life from your health 
to, you know, your job situation, to uh, even going out in social settings. You know, if, if you, you're invited to uh, a social event and you've never been to that part of town, if you're not able to navigate uh, very well, you know, with a map or, or even uh, with technology, you'll probably just turn down that opportunity. So people with low literacy are often very isolated um, and excluded, also even feel very marginalized from the rest of society. So that's one thing that that, um, the literacy centers really uh, notice. You know, as soon as the levels of literacy improve, people are, they gain a lot more self-esteem, self-confidence, and are able to to put uh, go out more and and be a bit more outgoing and even you know participate in um, I guess their uh, civic participation can increase you know we've had uh, learners who have gone to vote for the first time and you know the our members do a really great job at at um, preparing them for these situations because it can be very daunting I mean just even uh, going to a clinic for to get a free flu shot, the first thing that you know you're confronted with is an application form that you need to fill out, and so that can be pretty scary for someone who is not very comfortable, you know, with written uh, words. So one of one of the uh, I guess misconceptions is that people with low literacy. Um, rarely work and and it's actually quite the opposite most of the people that are attending a a literacy center um do have jobs and a lot of times they'll say that they they will not accept a promotion because they're comfortable in the position that they have and they also know that they can do the tasks that are asked of them and a promotion represents the unknown so it's they're not sure that they'll be able to accomplish all the tasks that are asked of them. Also, maybe the fear that they will be, their secret will be discovered. And so a lot of times they'll, they'll continue to stay at the same level, uh, you know, with the help of the literacy center who can offer them some support. A lot of times, you know, they're, they're able to then be, feel confident and have the self-esteem and the skills required to, to eventually get that promotion. But most people have told us that they find ways of, of coping. You know, for example, um, if you go for a job opportunity, most of the time you're going to be asked to fill out a, a job application. And so if they're not able to do it, they'll find ways of, you know, oh, well, um, I'll take this home with me and I'll bring it back to you tomorrow. And they'll find someone um, in their circle that can help them, you know, fill it out. So they find ways of, of coping, um, and they're very resourceful, and they have to be because if not, someone will find out about their secret. So it's true that most people who have low literacy issues try and hide it, but also uh, people around them aren't always aware of it. And, you know, Jacques Demers is a, is a perfect example. He's a hockey coach in the NHL and uh, had difficulties with literacy, and nobody knew his... The only person that found out was his wife because she had to manage, you know, writing the checks and these kind of things, you know, running the household while he was away. 
um, coaching in the NHL and in the U.S. and different cities. But even his children only found out when he actually wrote his book and, and came out publicly that he had difficulties um, with literacy. So, so uh, and I mean, he was, you know, a very prominent uh, French-Canadian who had, you know, become very successful. And for him to to come out and say it was, was a huge thing. So um, I think that, yeah, just to make people aware that if you do realize that, if you recognize the signs that someone has low literacy around you, just what attitudes should you adopt and, you know, how, how to maybe um, give them some information or, you know, not, not to judge or, or stigmatize and, and just be able to, to help them. I think knowing how to read is crucial to many aspects of your life. And I think that once you have that skill, you kind of take it for granted and you don't really realize at what point you rely on it. And so it affects so many different aspects of life from your health to your civic participation, um, to your social and economic rights. It's it's so crucial and it touches every element and every aspect of, of your life. Um, but unfortunately, I guess, because if, if you have that skill, you really take it for granted. Yeah. And it's, I guess it's, it's difficult for anyone to understand how they would cope if they didn't have that skill. That's one of the main things that I guess I learned, uh, from literacy is that I had developed a few of those coping mechanisms that many adult learners have, you know, that if you don't maybe understand something right away or the information is coming in too quickly that you kind of just fake it until you can comprehend it and understand yourself. And and I guess in being diagnosed as being dyslexic at 18, that's when I sort of realized that I was doing something similar, you know, like um, for example, in high school, we had to do book reports. I couldn't read the book quick enough to be able to finish the book in time to write the book report. So I would kind of casually ask people, you know, on the bus, like, oh, what was your favorite part of that book? Or, you know, and, and from piecing all these uh, different uh, little anecdotes that people would give me from the book, I would be able to kind of puzzle together what this book was about and figure out what the story was enough to be able to write a book report, even though I hadn't read the book. And I think people with, you know, who have low literacy, who are trying to improve their literacy skills, a lot of times they try and hide it because they're ashamed of it or they think that people will judge them. You know, there is a stigma attached to it. And so a lot of times they develop coping mechanisms to try and hide it. And it's a very heavy burden for them to carry. Um, and so I think that's what really... The, the human side and the human stories um, that that we learn about, you know, in our field is really what what interests me and drew me towards literacy, because also the general public is in Quebec and Canada don't really believe or think that there's an issue with literacy in our province, in our country. Um, but there is, you know, there's people who didn't have the opportunity to go to school 
um, there's people who had difficulties in their personal lives and, and had to leave school at an early age. Um, there's also people who went through the school system who needed special help or attention um, that just kind of slipped through the cracks. Some people have come from other countries, you know, war-torn countries who weren't able to have the schooling. Other people weren't allowed to go to school. I mean, there's so many different stories. Um, and each each person has come to a literacy center for a different reason. Sometimes it's to be able to learn um, how to read a story to their grandchildren. Other times it's to help their children with homework. Um, other times it's to be able to get to a level where they can get a promotion at work. There's so many different reasons. Sometimes it's just to um, improve their vocabulary. So there's a wide array of reasons why, um, I guess, people come to the literacy centers. And I, I find the each personalized story it is just so inspiring. And and I don't see like why anyone wouldn't want to work in this field because it's just so empowering. Speaking to, to adult learners, they always mention the fact that they... They always have glasses, so if, if you, if someone, I mean, it, it could be a sign of low literacy, but it could not be, but a lot of times they'll use that as a, as a reason, you know, like, oh, I don't have my glasses now, or, or, uh, oh, can you, can you read that for me, or tell me what it says, or, um, other things that they've said is, is, yeah, just asking someone, you know, to just, ordering the same thing as somebody else because, you know, they're not able to understand the menu. I mean, there's a lot of different ways, but yeah, bringing application forms home because they need someone to help them with them. There's a lot of, of different things. I mean, um, I guess one of the stereotypes of, of adults with low literacy is people think that they don't um, work and actually most of the people in our centers do work. They do have jobs, full-time jobs, part-time jobs, and they come to the literacy centers just to improve their literacy skills. And so every learner is actually paired with a, a volunteer tutor who's been trained by the literacy center. Um, each adult learner um, sets their goals and objectives on why they are attending a literacy organization. And so I think that that those uh, personalized set goals really uh, help the volunteer tutor to, I wouldn't say build the lessons, but develop a sort of curricula so that um, the person is able to actually achieve their goals. And so the skills that are taught are, are very different depending on each person's needs or or reasons for for being at the literacy center but the skills could be improving your writing improving your reading uh it could also be numeracy so a lot of people have difficulties with um math um and a lot of our centers also um teach computer skills and so if if people aren't um really comfortable with technology um, a lot of times the Literacy Center will offer some services to help with that. First of all, the Literacy Centers have to recruit volunteers um, that are suited. You know, it's not everyone that can work one-on-one -on -one with another person because you're working very closely with someone and 
And for, for most adult learners, the literacy center is their first point of contact and they build, there is a, a certain trust that's built, um, you know, the, the relationship with an adult learner and their tutor. And so the pairing of, of a learner with a tutor doesn't always work and it's not an exact science, but but you know every tutor has their specialty some are more comfortable in math some are more comfortable with reading writing um and so to try and match that with the learner's needs but as well personality wise you know they have to they have to get along because it's not like a classroom setting they're just one on one uh you know each one teach one so um, it doesn't always work out, but I'd say the majority of the time it does. And that's because um, our centers really take the time to to get to know the learner and their needs and why they're at the center. And they also do the same with the volunteer tutors. And so because both are very committed, the the pairing really needs to work because a lot of times... There's been a lot of obstacles for the adult learner to reach the point that they they've actually decided to to make that step and and come to a literacy center. And so if the pairing doesn't work a lot of times, like they're not going to come back because they'll just say, well, I've tried again and, you know, it's it's not going to work. So the pairing is very important. And I think that our organizations have really developed an expertise to be able to to do that really well. Oh, it definitely has helped um, because, you know, working in the non-for-profit sector, we always have very limited resources and and I really admire all of the, the people that we work with, you know, because we have 13 member organizations and, you know, these directors all run their own centers in their local areas and they all are asked to do amazing things. They all have amazing programs and events and they all do it on a string shoe budget. Um, and it's it's really impressive to see that, you know, the outcomes do not really reflect that, you know, you have to really be creative to uh, pull off an event on a very small or next to nothing budget. And I think that our members are really uh, creative in that way and have developed ways to, to accomplish that, um, unfortunately. But uh, that is the reality that in our field and also the volunteers, you know, the volunteers are really add so much value to our organizations and allow us to do all work that we do. Um, and a lot of times they come with very varied backgrounds. And I think that allows for um, a lot of creativity as well in the way that, you know, events are developed, planned and even ran. 10 years, I would hope that we would have grown to the point that we would have uh, many more volunteers and that we could also grow our staff of paid employees um, and that just we become a household name that everyone knows in Quebec. If you talk about literacy or say anything about literacy Quebec, that people really understand the issue and and recognize our name. It's now time for Members Moment. Each week we share stories, experiences, and events by our member organizations, volunteers, and learners. 
So in this week's Members Moment, we actually have Joy Fikes from Reclaim share with, with us her experience um, within Reclaim and the uh, event Oodles and Oodles of Noodles. And also Pastor Brian Perrone uh, from Church of Epiphany uh, also shares and, and chimes in with a few thoughts in how literacy has made a, a positive in, impact in his community. The first question we're going to ask you is uh, who you are. So if you could introduce yourself and what organization you work for. Uh, my name is Joy Fikes. I'm the executive director of Reclaim Literacy, which is a community-based literacy organization that offers services on the island of Montreal. How did Reclaim get started? Reclaim started to fill a void in the adult education uh, sector. It's uh, We've been in existence for almost 40 years, and it started to offer classes or, or one-on-one tutoring at the times of days where uh, the regular formal classes weren't being offered. So it was for mums who were either staying at home with their children and wanted to go in the evening and get some help, or it was for working folks who, who wanted to get some help at the end of the day um, or on weekends. Oh, excellent. And Joy, for you as a person, uh, individually, um, what what was it about Reclaim or or your your purpose in reclaim uh, what is your motivation behind what you do and and why you offer those services to the adults my personal background is i have a degree in early childhood education and uh, so i've always had uh, education at the forefront of my my interests and i was in the daycare industry for over 20 years and decided it was time to make a change and sort of stumbled upon uh, reclaim and it was a, a really good fit uh, I've always volunteered. Uh, my father had been a uh, Korean War veteran, so we were brought up with volunteerism as being very important. Yeah. So when I came into this organization, it was nice to see that all our services are delivered by volunteers and that we were able to uh, be helping in the community using members of the community. Where's Reclaim located right now? I know you just moved, and uh, maybe you want to talk about that move. Yeah, we we did a bit. Of, we were... When I'm just prior to me starting, we were housed in uh, some of the adult ed centers around in and around Montreal. But because of the demands put on the adult ed centers, we were sort of constantly on the move, which made it difficult for the learners to, you know, be able to maneuver around the city trying to find out where we'd move to. Um, and we did end up uh, in St. Henry, but it was a very uh, commercial part of town. And we weren't really that visible and we weren't really able to make too many connections within the community because there wasn't a lot going on in our sort of neck of the woods. So we had been doing some of our programming in Verdun and we just decided that it would be a a good move to uh, move into the community that we were working with. So we moved into Verdun about 18 months ago and uh, we've been active here ever since although our programs do extend beyond sort of the Verdun limits we uh, we have students coming from throughout the greater Montreal area Wow, fantastic Joy and um, can you tell us a bit about your events and uh, and also the Oodles of Noodles event that you just um, came off the back of? Yeah, what- we're, we're always trying you know, we, we say we're doing fundraisers but for us it's it's not the fundraiser it's it's doing the awareness and having people know who we are uh, it's very difficult to you know put a picture of a, an adult learner and say help this person because in most cases they don't look yeah. like they need any type of help 
Right. Um, they look just like you or I, and and so a lot of the events we do, we, we're not in it only for for funding, although the obviously the fun, fundraising helps. But we're also in it to to bring people from the community to to us and give them a greater understanding. And it's it's always I find it's always more effective to you know be talking to the people and not just sending out um, pamphlets or letters or, or whatever, mm. but to get to know them on a on a more personal level. So along with that, we do a lot of other community stuff. I have uh, we're sort of known in the community now for our alphabet pancakes. Which is sort of a prevention uh, awareness. It's to really to let parents know that it's kind of easy to be doing some uh, fun literacy stuff in the house without it seeming like it's a learning experience. So we go to different area schools. I have three in LaSalle that I do. I have a couple in Verdun where we uh, make alphabet pancakes and uh, the children get pretty excited about eating them. And when they see they're in the shape of letters, it's uh, it really helps to promote the, the literacy aspect. Excellent. I, I know that you often hold lunches for your learners where there's a speaker who comes. Can you talk about that program a little bit? Yeah, that program actually started, I think it's been about six years now. Um, we went through a, a bit of a period where our learners, their, their attendance wasn't as good as it could be. And because the services are delivered by volunteers, we really wanted to reiterate to them how important it is for them to show up. And at the same time, we realized that they themselves didn't really understand what volunteering was. Uh, they had, a lot of them had never participated in any form of volunteering. And so we started, uh, doing a, a monthly lunch for seniors where they prepared, they planned, they prepared, they served and cleaned up after the lunch. And it became really a good thing in the community. And we moved it into where we're located now at Epiphany, um, in Verdun because just space-wise and they, they had a kitchen that was much more conducive to us preparing uh, larger meals and we opened it wider than just for seniors and within the last couple of years we realized that we had this large gathering of people some of who were, were quite marginalized and we wanted to offer them the opportunity to have some type of a learning experience so we've been bringing in uh, speakers from the community to explain to them things that are going on in the community. We had the local food bank in. We had uh, people from the CLSC, uh, all different types of services. And we actually asked them this year what types of things they'd like to be introduced to. Yeah. So it's a, a pretty good gathering of folks, and uh, they get to enjoy a, a nice hot meal once a month. And uh, they also get to leave with a little bit of... Uh, perhaps something new in their heads that they didn't know of before they, they came in. Do you think there's a link between uh, providing a lunch or having a program around the meal that increases people's involvement in in the programs? Is there something about uh, gathering together, eating and learning that you've noticed? We've always in the not-for-profit, and this was even before when I worked in the daycare industry, we used to have a saying, feed them and they will come. <laughs> um, it's, it's often a, a, a good catch to get people to come in. Um, and for our learners, it's been a wonderful experience because they started off very shy, uh, wouldn't make eye contact with the, the people coming in, and, and now our, our guys are flourishing. Any one of them can serve as a greeter at the door. Uh, um, so yeah, it's, it's a nice way to get people in, but definitely having some type of, of food and nourishment uh, <laughs> helps to, to bring people in the door. Fantastic. Have you got some stories or some uh, 
positive impact stories that you can share with us, like uh, that that you've experienced? Yeah, I've been here 14 years, and and it's it's hard because I don't like to say that one's per, one right. person's success may be better than of another course, person's yeah. success. Um, so we've seen a lot. We've seen people that are just able to go in a restaurant and, and read a menu. We've seen many of our learners get driving uh, permits. We've seen many of them become Canadian citizens, which is something that they strived for and struggled with uh, just because of the tests that they had to pass. And uh, we've seen people start their own businesses. We've seen, um, but we've also seen someone who just, you know, started reading the bulletin at their church. So it's such a gamut of, of different goals and different uh, things that they want to achieve so it's hard for us to sort of pinpoint and say oh somebody did this yeah. um, but every little success uh, we celebrate with them it's oh, fantastic joy thank you so much joy uh, maybe you could just tell us where people can find out more about uh, reclaim yeah if people want to find out more about reclaim uh, we're on the the web at www.reclaimliteracy.ca uh, but for a lot of people who are seeking help, they prefer just to have our phone number, which is 514-369-7835. And we're open uh, for business Monday to Thursday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. But a message can be left at any time or an email can be sent on the email and uh, we get back to people as soon as we can. Oh, excellent. And and do people just, if they leave a message or they talk with you, uh, Joy, um, and I know you've got a great staff in Lorraine, etc. Um, what what do people say exactly? Do they say um, that they're looking for uh, learning services or help with? What, what do they actually say to you? To a lot of a lot of times, it's it's a third party that will contact us. I sometimes see. it's a spouse or a, a child. Um, sometimes we're referred through social workers, that type of thing. And we have about a, I'd say right now about a 70 to 80 percent, um, uh, we call it sort of a first, first try. A lot of people will phone and, and sometimes when it comes time to coming into actually meeting us, uh, they tend to not show up because the nerves got the best of them and they're, mm-hmm. they're unsure of what they're going to be getting themselves into. Um, so that's always been a, a bit of an issue with people because they, they try to hide it and they're very good mm-hmm. at hiding their literacy, um, right. their, their literacy abilities. So they often are very, very nervous. We had one gentleman that sat outside in his car, uh, for two and a half hours before he came in. And, uh, he, yeah. he went on to actually start his own business. So he, uh, he, he did very well. But that first step was very mm-hmm. difficult for him to make. Right. So it's it's there's no judgment here. Um, if you make an appointment and you miss it, oh well, maybe we'll try again. So we really uh, that's that's the uniqueness and the ability of being a community group is that we're able to have that flexibility of uh, mm-hmm. welcoming everyone. I mean, Joe, that's amazing. I mean, like we'd urge all the listeners or anybody that's listening that. That you know to to really reach out and um, you know you are a bunch of people that are really like you say no judgment open minded and and um, so we'd really urge the listeners to to um, you know overcome that 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 fear and um, and reach out and uh, you know um, overcome that hump of um, of um, you know confidence in uh, in getting uh, some help with you guys you know so it's excellent. 
Thanks again, Joy, for yeah, speaking thanks. with us today, and we'll be in touch very soon. All right. Okay. Thanks, guys. Okay. Thanks, Bye-bye. Joy. Bye-bye. Hi, my name is the Reverend Brian Perrin, and I'm honored to be here at Epiphany, Epiphany Vidal. Some know us as the Church of the Epiphany, but we've become much more than just a church because we continue to do the work of the church, which is not just for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning, it's all week long. So we rebranded ourselves as Epiphany Verdun by opening our building, opening our church, opening our, our location, which is so precise and so wonderful to many, many different people. We have a series of partners that come into this building, come into this church. We're here to nourish and to encourage and to equip people that they can lead better lives. And that's why when a few years ago, I had the opportunity of meeting Joy, because she said, we need a, pl- a kitchen and we need a place where we can serve a lunch because our learners need to serve this lunch once a week. And it was on a Monday. And I said, terrific, come on in. And, um, and it was great to see her love and her passion for encouraging people to take the theory that they had learned during the week and putting it into the practice. And not just understanding that a, you know, a cup of flour and a teaspoon of this and a hundred knives and forks and so many of these and so many of those, but also just the whole hospitality aspect of being able to have the security and the confidence to be able to, to do something to serve people, to be hospitable, to speak with people, and just to live a common life, which is so necessary but so difficult if you can't read. And so we started this together uh, in that she used our space on Mondays. And then I said, well, could we switch it to Thursdays? Because we're doing a lunch once a month on Thursdays. And if you were to do it once a month on Thursdays, imagine the camaraderie that would develop from that. Because when people come in once a month, by the time another month goes by, they forget who they saw. And what we realized is because people were coming in twice a month now, there was some friendships and some camaraderie. Again, the hospitality was working together. Well, what we see with literacy is there are so many people, I see it on Sunday mornings, I see it where we give students or children or even adults a chance to come and read from the Bible or come and read the prayers or, or just to stand up and say a few words, and they're terrified. And I remember even my training from Toastmasters that if people are given the opportunity to practice in front of their friends, in front of their peers, all of a sudden they get a confidence. Yeah, they still have that the butterflies or whatever you call it in your stomach, but that really just propels you to do a greater job. And we're seeing this even with a confirmation class where I said to them, at the end of this class, do you think you guys would like to be Sunday school teachers? And they all said yes. Because they're learning how to read. They're learning how to read out of the Bible to their friends. They're learning how to read out of the Bible in church because when you stand in front of a group of people, whether it's five or 50 or 500, it needs different muscles to speak, to articulate, uh, to have all the different timings, etc. And so we're seeing that happen in this building by people are coming in day after day after day. And the story is the same. The work we do on Sunday morning is to teach, to mm-hmm. propel, to encourage, to nourish, to give people the opportunity through friendly relationships of how, how they can better perform in their life. And we're seeing the same thing with Literacy Quebec. And we're seeing the same thing with all of our partners where people will come and they'll do a documentary film on a Monday. And then we'll have a discussion afterwards. And people who wouldn't say boo before can stand up and say, this is my opinion on this. And what do you think of this? And all of a sudden, they're empowering themselves because, and I think this is where literacy comes in, is because 
I often think well, literacy is if you can read something, mm-hmm. but literacy is also coming to understand what the word is and how that word impacts and how you make it relevant to your life and the lives you're called to. And so if somebody can come in and they can learn the words, they can learn the sentences, and then they can learn their passions and what it is that they want to do with that tool, what mm-hmm. it is that they want to read and what they want to learn and therefore what they want to teach. And so if we can teach literacy, if we can teach people how to read and to take that theory and put it in practice in their own passions, wow, we've created little miracles one after the other. Yeah. Thank you. Where can people find out more information about the programs that run here? On our website, epiphany.verdun.com, and uh, our address is 4322 Wellington. We have a series of pages within our website, and we promote all of our partners. There's also online giving if you want to support any of these people. <laughs> we realize that there are some charities that don't have a charity status, and even the government encourages them to hook up with other people. Because we have a charity status, you can donate to many of these various partners on our website. I know you can donate directly to Reclaim Literacy, and we encourage that. But you can find out about all these different partners on our website, and also by liking our Facebook page, then you will see all of the constant feeds of our dinners, our lunches, our services, our different activities, and our partnerships with other people. So we we believe that we need to be present um, so that people can see, they can read, they can articulate. And that's why we like to use a lot of images, because I believe that imagery is extremely important in learning literacy, and being able to read the word, see the image, put the two together, and then make it relevant for our own lives. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Upcoming events. Now we're going to tell you about some upcoming events. The first one's on March 2nd, that's this Saturday in Verdun at Café Le Cinquième, that's the fifth cafe on Wellington Street at 44375 Wellington for the Verdun Stories Project. They're launching their magazine. It'll be a great event for you to check out more about Verdun. Absolutely. And then my event is the uh, Scotia Bank Charity Challenge Marathon event on the 27th and 28th of April. And uh, this is a chance for the listeners here <laughs> to get fit. Um, basically, we're looking to recruit runners um, for the 5K, 10K, 21K, uh, 5K with stroller and 500 meter kids race. And basically, um, it's a chance for you to raise money through sponsors donating to your run, which goes towards Literacy Quebec and uh, redistributed to the members group. And what that does is help um, raise funds towards literacy programs and you know continuing our, our services that help people uh, within the community better their literacy skills. So, mm-hmm. so that's the... The two events. Uh, anything else, Jamie? Uh, is it true you're going to be running the 21K? Uh, Me myself, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I mean, uh, well, I mean, you're running in it, yeah, so I'm yeah, running. I'm running yeah. the 21K uh, to uh, raise. <laughs> we've so far we've raised uh, $722. Wow, for that's Richard excellent. C. Uh, we have six runners, so so the goal is to have at least 13 runners for each member, and um, and so people can sponsor and donate towards that runner. Um, uh, but we're looking for volunteers for the day for just manning the uh, 
manning the the drink stations and we're going to have Latrice Quebec sunglasses and t-shirts and saw them they're pretty uh, great but what are you what are you running in I think I'm going to do the 10k nothing as ambitious All but right. uh, I'm looking forward to the spring weather hopefully it won't be too rainy you but uh, I'll be out you there bet. anyway you bet uh well Parc Jean Drapeau is supposed to be pretty nice so um so that's the that's the exciting event so guys uh we're, we're looking for runners to recruit and so please feel free to reach us uh, reach out to us at admin at literacyquebec.org um, give us a call or uh, hit us up on on our social media channels i guess without further ado is that uh, that's the end of our that's podcast number one podcast right and if, again if there's anything else that you would like to share with us you want to give us something for the next episode or future episodes please contact us at admin at literacyquebec.org you can also reach us on facebook uh, yep, instagram twitter 514-508-6805 and in the next episode we're going to talk about the challenges and the adaptations and the creative strategies people use uh, adult learners use to get through their day awesome and uh Thank you very much. And pl- look, please share and, and subscribe to our, our podcast. Share it with people within your community. Um, and as Jamie says, send us in for information and content. And uh, yeah, but please share and subscribe our, our podcast. Uh, we think it's going to be a, the best podcast in the world. In, <laughs> in, in, in Quebec. In yeah, Quebec. we're, we're uh, <laughs> hoping that with your help, you can make us the best podcast in Quebec. You bet. Thanks, and guys. We'll catch you next time. Absolutely. For this week's episode, we'd like to thank CREAM, the Centre for Interdisciplinary Research on Montreal at McGill University, Joy from Reclaim, and Reverend Brian Perron from the Church of Epiphany in Verdun, Michelle, Wendy, and Ruth, as well as Cheryl, who are from our member organizations. We will post links to their organizations in our show notes. Gabrielle from Literacy Quebec. The Dawson Oral History Project for the use of the interview with Margot Legault. Thanks to Margot for letting us share your story as well. And welcome to the Literacy Quebec podcast. Episode, Episode number one. Episode number one. <laughs> Excited to be here. Let's do that one more time. <laughs> I'll just cut it out. <laughs>